Hi, Rodney Jane here. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we're all about safer holiday driving. This April, get one tyre free when you buy three selected Bridgestone, Yokohama or Dunlop tyres. Plus, up to $150 instant cash back on selected tyre brands like Bridgestone, Michelin, Pirelli, Goodyear, Continental and Dunlop. We won't be beaten with our best tyre price guarantee. Shop online at bobjane.com.au. At Bob Jane T-Marts, we'll look after you. Taste and see supply. coming for a long time. These two do not like each other. There are two parts of the story as always. Red flag, this is a suspended uh, race. Hey, it's the Parked Up Podcast. We're powered by Race Fuels here. My name is Grant Rowley. We are on a road trip. I've got a couple of cool uh, co-pilots and we're driving to Bathurst for the High Tech Oils Bathurst six hour. We're in a road car and I thought we'd just start this pod uh, stopping at the Lithgow go-kart track a place that I'd uh, spend a bit of my youth trying to become the next Mark Webber or Daniel Ricciardo in a go-kart. It never happened. That's why you're listening to me now, because I never uh, got there. Uh, and I've uh, fallen into the car with uh, two very good close personal friends. I've got Simon Chapman from Stan Sport. He's the leading journalist there, former Speed Cafe, now working at Stan, breaking a whole bunch of big stories. Uh, and behind the wheel of the car is Snea McLeod from the Girls on the Grid podcast. Simon, I'm in the back with you. I'll talk to you first, mate. Thanks for uh, coming on this uh, road trip. How's uh, everything going so far for us? Yeah, good. Um, I think it's rather fitting that we're in a, a Cupra. A Cupra, a yeah. Cupra. I've turned the windscreen once. Um, <laughs> today is really struggling here because <laughs> she's obviously gone from uh, probably something that's from the subcontinent, a Toyota, yeah, a Toyota obviously, where the indicators are on the right-hand side, and this uh, Spanish machine, which is... Uh, we're, we're accustomed to seeing it in, in TCR globally. Unfortunately, um, I don't think we've seen a Cupra in TCR Australia yet, but we might... We might soon, hopefully. That'd be that'd be some cool news. You're the newsbreaker. We'll leave that up to you. We're 40 minutes away from Bathurst. We've already driven up through Sydney, had a compulsory subway stop for lunch. Very important. Uh, we've made it up through the mountains. And I kind of wanted to uh, start and finish this pod as we make that final little trek and journey uh, over the last bit of the Blue Mountains before you get to... Uh, before you get to Mount Panorama. It's such an awesome trip coming from Sydney, driving across the mountains, and uh, there's just nothing like seeing that Mount Panorama sign across the uh, across the hill when you uh, when you get there. You've done it before. It's always a good feeling, right? Yeah, it's cool. Uh, uh, actually, funny story. But the first time that I went to Bathurst was, I think it was 2015. Um, just really showing my age here. Um, it was the Bathurst... <laughs> Bathurst 12 hour and I actually it was funny because we you know everyone talks about that like going going to Bathurst doing that drive coming over the crest and you see the big mountain um I went for the Bathurst 12 hour so I I think the the time that we went in was some ungodly hour of the morning so we didn't actually get to to see to see (laughs) see the the great big sign until we were actually there and the the sun had risen um but yeah I've obviously done a fair few trips since then and and got to experience that which is there's nothing quite like it because it's just it's just such like hallowed turf um i don't think it really matters what time of the year you go to to the mountain it's always a special occasion 
Yeah, always very special. Tanea, let me just bring you in this conversation. Please concentrate on the uh, road while we're driving into the sun here. I see you've you've got your hand up covering your eyes. Even though the sunshade is down, the sun is very, very low as we're uh, coming down just past Lithgow with now 38 minutes to go before we get to the Great Mountain. As I just asked Simon, it's it's always pretty cool when you get finish your journey from Sydney and and you see that big mountain sign uh, in the in the in the background there. Your first trip to the mountain, tell us. Also, like Simon showing my age, my first trip to the mountain was 2016. <laughs> it was the Bathurst 1000. I was going up there as a volunteer. Uh, I was a pit lane official for the weekend at Bathurst. Um, and yeah, that was a really cool experience camping in the caravan with my parents. Uh, yeah, pretty cool way to experience the mountain for the first time. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, showing your age. What, 2015, 2016? <laughs> As a as a as a worker, my first was two thousand and two. So before that, though, uh, I did. No, two thousand actually. I camped on top of the mountain. I was three years old. The uh, two thousand. You were three. (laughs) Yes, showing my age. He says. Uh, Yeah, I I camped on top of the hill for the uh, the very wet Jason Barguana Garth Tander winning race. And uh, that was a very sloppy, slushy weekend up on the hill. Okay, um, so coming to Bathurst is cool, but this is for a completely different type of race compared to the 1000 or even the 12 hour that we're talking about. This is production car racing. We had an awesome race last year uh, and, and a really cool race in 2021 too. And the reason why I bring those two up, it's the start of the ARG era for this event and Simon we've seen the event take some really good leaps and bounds since ARG has come on the the event it was it was on the cusp of being something really cool it's now on the car it's now well and truly part of that um, that Bathurst race that most of these guys want to win yeah for sure I think the the litmus test in Australia probably the last few years uh, was COVID right? Like you know, obviously the the events that survived COVID were, the, I guess, the ones that are the strongest. So Bathurst Six Hour, you know, through through all of that chaos, still manages to attract a, an enormous grid. Like this this weekend is what like 150 entries. Yep. And and the drivers, it's it's a it's a it's a solid lineup. Like Marcus Ambrose is obviously the headliner. John Bow, another supercars champion. Uh, we've got some current supercars drivers and. Thomas Randall, Anton Di Pasquale, two TCR race winners, champions, Tony Alberto and, and Will Brown. Legend. Legends. Legend. Legends. We're going to go that far. Um, yeah, so some really, really big names on the grid. Will Davison as well is, is on the grid, two-time Bathurst 1000 winner. So, you know, the fact that we've got these guys who are, you know, household names, blokes who don't have to be here but want to be here because this is just another great event on, on the Bathurst calendar and, um, I've said it before that you know this this is the event for the keyboard warriors. You know this is the this is this is old school racing. You know taking it back to the 1960s, the early Bathurst 1000 era of, of you know um, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. You know it's it's proper just getting a car off the showroom floor, um, souping it up, putting some go fast bits on it, and 
and going for a win. So mm. yeah, it's a it's an awesome event and, and one that a lot of people should be um, paying attention to. Yeah. Now, if the uh, sell on race win on Sunday, sell on Monday, is still the theory, then BMW will be selling a lot of cars yep. on Monday because there's just no other brand that's going to beat them give or take some miracle weather interruptions which is actually forecast but the fair bet is that a bmw m2 m3 or m4 is going to cross the line yeah, first for sure we're we're definitely in the in the bmw era like production car racing just through history has always gone through periods you know the australian touring car championship you can you can see that as well you know there was just periods where a certain manufacturer make and model was dominant for a period of time and, and right now it's those BMWs um, I'm sure in a, in a few years time that'll that'll probably shift a little bit depending on how regulations change and things like that but you know I would like to see it absolutely chuck it down and uh, maybe go back to sort of the, the maybe late 2000s era of the Bathurst 12 hour where we used to have those those Mitsubishi Evo 10s and the, the WRX's um, fighting tooth and nail in the wet uh, almost almost a bit like you know the Australian touring car era of, of Godzilla. You know where the the four wheel drives were like. All right, this is this is our race. Yeah, yeah. Well, there'll be a few entrants and a few teams who'll be uh, doing some rain dancing on uh, Sunday morning because if it does open up, we've never seen Bathurst uh, bring any foul weather, though, no, have we? It no, never rains in Bathurst. That no, doesn't happen. Uh, but if it does come, then uh, yeah, maybe the uh, form guide gets blown wide open okay so let's talk about the stars that are actually going to compete in this race and you sent me a a text message just recently you'd put up the news about marcus ambrose yep. and um you work for stan sport so you cover all range of sports mm. but you were getting pretty excited by the numbers and the, the interest where people were clicking through about marcus competing in this Absolutely. he tried to do the race <laughs> last year but the car the mustang that he was going to drive um wasn't wasn't ready and it, I think it broke down and they're having too many issues with it. They've got the thing fixed. He's going to be there. Do you, are we going to see a uh, bit of extra um, Marcus love, a bit of extra uh, send, good sentiment for this race because he's competing? I, I think so. You know, it was really encouraging for me. You know, Speed Series as far as a, a product is pretty new to Stan. It's pretty new to to Wide World of Sports, which is, which is where all of the um, articles that I write are published on uh, and when we got the the stats back to to see how our stories had gone that week I saw that Marcus was was right up there you know we're beating stories about NRL um, and you know the audience that we're dealing with is, is very Sydney um, focused and yeah seeing Marcus like right up towards the, the pointy end of the of the numbers was incredible really so it just shows that you know even though it's been what seven or eight years since he last actually race there's still that interest in, in guys like him and yeah I, I think it'll be fascinating to see how you know his presence him coming out of retirement essentially uh, will attract a bit of an audience in itself he's also going to be on the broadcast which is going to be cool you know we get sort of that that behind the scenes sort of insight as to what the race is like from a, a driver's point of view and I think the kind of the thing that's gone under the radar a little bit is the fact that the car that he's driving is an automatic which is just not something that you hear about in, in racing full stop, but it's it makes perfect sense for production car racing because yeah. like why not? Basically, and yeah, you know, for those guys, the Medikis, they're basically saying, hey, here's this car that that we sell. It can do six hours 
no trouble. That's yeah. the theory, at least. Yes. We'll see how they go this weekend. But all, all signs are pointing towards that car being, being fit and healthy. I think last year, obviously, they tried to, to have a crack. And it was something that I don't think... I can't remember it ever happening. A, a, trying to do a, an automatic race car, essentially. I think the drama with them was just the fact that you know, for, for such a long period of time... You know, under that amount of stress, I think there were just a few sort of teething issues with the electricals, just weren't quite able to handle it. So, I think they're on top of that now. Um, Marcus will have a good crack, and we'll see how he ends up. I'm, I'm sure he won't be holding back, that's for sure. Mm. Oh well. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see how we go. Not quite an outright contending. No, car, not quite, unfortunately, but still cool. Still cool, as we say. It's the, it's the battle of the BMWs, but, but there's about six Mustangs and what is essentially the Mustang class, um, which I think is A2 or the second second division basically. And yeah, I'm sure Marcus and the Medeckis will be will be gunning for a class victory, no doubt. Mm, okay, so yeah, class X is the one to, to really look out for, which is the one predominantly uh, dominated by the BMWs, M2s, M3s and M4s. You just spoke to Thomas Randall just before. Now he's driving with the Cavages in the only M2 in the class. Now the M2 won the race last year in the hands of Cameron Hill and Thomas Sargent yep. in that sort of awesome Bizarre. final 20 minutes uh, where Cam had uh, three fresh tyres on and, yep. the, uh, and the other car had only pitted for two. So he had an extra fresh tyre on, but the, the gain he got, the gain that Cam Hill got out of that was enough that he could put the heat on, eventually win, but geez, he had to fight real hard over, for, over Tim Slade to do it. But... Um, the, those top-line BMWs have basically all got, almost all got, one decent one decent guy. Yep. When you look at that Class X, which is likely to be the ones competing for the outright win, bar the rain, which one's your favourite? I have no idea. Like, if I'm, if I'm perfectly honest, like, you'd, you'd probably put Thomas up there, just, you know, based... If we're going cars alone, you know, and the form guide says that, that that particular BMW is the quickest car around Bathurst, you'd probably say T Randall is the is the guy to back. But then you also can't discount guys like Will Davison just purely because of how much experience he's got, the fact that he's a two-time Bathurst winner, he knows the place like the back of his hand. And then there's obviously Anton Di Pasquale as well. So essentially all the top cars have one absolute jet. Um, and I think it's basically going to come down to who can strategize the best um, and, and basically put their their gun in the hot seat at the right time in the last sort of hour or hour and a half, basically. So, yeah, I I would love to see Thomas Randall get the win. I think it's obviously that would be a fairy tale story, right? I obviously spoke to him this afternoon, and the car that he's driving is is um, racing for for a cure. That the you know, backing breast cancer awareness, so they're driving a lot of. Um, interest around around that and obviously for Thomas having gone through a cancer diagnosis and recovery himself you know that's that's just you, know, you can't write that sort of story if it does come good yeah yeah no for sure okay so uh, about the six hour is a uh, it's, it's turned into its own little jewel in the the, the Bathurst Mount Panorama Enduro crowns that we've got. There's also some other racing going on this weekend. I know you're going to be very interested in the Pulsar Cup, the Hyundai XL, or sorry, on this podcast we call them the Sexels. The Eggshells. Uh, the Eggshells, I like that too. Um, but the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia, powered by, by AWS. AWS. 
There's 21 cars entered. Uh, last time we saw this class compete at Bathurst was the three-hour race, and there was only 12 cars. Yes. Uh, we've a little bit of a resurgence. Uh, we've got a we've got a Ferrari in there. Uh, we've got a Porsche that's come back as well. Mm-hmm. A heap of top-line drivers that that are there. The Triple Eight Mercs are, are always pretty hard to beat. Uh, we've got Brad Schumacher in and uh, the. the uh, the Bathurst electrician, who's uh, uh, one of our closer personal friends here at Parked Up, he uh, he's racing in the AM class in his Audi. Um, yeah, it's it's cool to see GT cars race with a, a, a good level of competitors, and uh, that championship really does deserve to see good quality interest, which I think we've got. Yeah, I, I think GT World Challenge is kind of. It's in that little window, right, where just after COVID, you know, and you got to remember that the, a lot of the competitor base around that is, is amateur drivers, you know, businessmen. COVID basically just you know, hit the private sector so hard. So, you know, a lot of those drivers weren't bringing their cars out to, to have a play. Uh, and they're now kind of just on the way back up. You know, so I think to see a 20-car or so grid at Bathurst is sort of, you know, it's showing we're getting there getting back to, to where we should be and, and especially especially that endorsement from the SRO to give it that GT World Challenge tag I think was a big thing um, I, I think long term that can that can only be a positive thing I think you know, hopefully we can see some some international drivers come out and, and make a, a big song and dance about it but yeah I, I think GT World Challenge is, is going to be in a, in a good spot real soon and we've got some cool entries this weekend like a, I don't think we've seen a current Porsche 911 GT3R like this um, racing in Australia yet yeah. so that's that's going to be cool that's going to be very cool to see and there's a good diversity of of cars and drivers and yeah it should be a good weekend yeah look how pretty the sunset is yes well uh, not exactly a great medium for uh, podcasting <laughs> with Tanae as uh, asking the question um, or, or the, sunset, guys. The, the, <laughs> the statement of the sunset and it does look fantastic we are 17 Minutes away from uh, reaching Bathurst. Thank you for joining us on Parked Up Here. Of course, we're powered by Race Fuels. We're getting ready for the High Tech Oils Bathurst six hour. And I'm, of course, riding here with Simon Chapman. Today, I'm McLeod doing an awesome job behind the wheel of the Cupra. We are not supported by Cupra in any way on this podcast. However, the car is good. I like this Cupra. And if Cupra is interested in supporting <laughs> Parked Up, we are. We are more than welcome. Uh, all girls on the grid. All girls on the grid. Thank you today. Um, okay, um, there's been heaps of other motorsport going on, um, and we can quickly uh, give that a little bit of a review. I know you weren't down in Melbourne for the Formula One Grand Prix. But, um, I was there. It was just a small race. Only a couple of people uh, went. It was just not... Not a hell of a lot doing. It was, uh, it was massive. What was it like uh, from your view on the couch? We saw Max Verstappen win but there was so many other storylines going on it's just madness wasn't it it was just it was just pure chaos like the race itself was just i don't know i don't think i've I've seen anything like it what was it it's the first time since like belgium 1998 that they've restarted or red flagged a race three times incredible that was just that was just silly um to begin with um yeah i don't even know where you start like you could start let's start with the start right i think it was it was a great race from the outset because for the first time in a long time we had a Mercedes lead 
and that's not because I'm a, a Mercedes fan, but it was just good to see something a little bit different. Um, but you're Russell, saying you're a Mercedes fan? Look, I'm not saying that I was very happy when um, Lewis Hamilton won the 2008 Formula One World Championship <laughs> when uh, he passed Timo Glock in the final corner, but right. um, it was, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> Yeah, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton doing the business early on in that race, keeping Max at bay, and then poor old Alex Albon had to go and have a stack and spread debris all over the road. Mm. Um, that was unfortunate because I think you know, the, Mercs were actually, the Mercs were actually looking really good at that point. Um, yeah, I was I was absolutely fizzing uh, to see a, a slightly different result potentially than, than what we were used to, and then obviously we got the red flag, and that screwed George's race, and then... You know, obviously from there it was basically Max's race um, and then just the absolute carnage at the end so Kevin Magnussen crashes we'll start with that some debris goes into the crowd as well so there's another storyline yes. some bloke some poor bloke gets hit um, and Andrew Westcott the next day says we can't build 20 meter high fences which is which is true yeah um, so that was one thing and then obviously we got that that ballistic restart after I don't know how long we had to wait for that but that was that was madness in itself yeah. and poor old Carlos Sainz turning around Fernando Alonso and then we had the, the two Alpines taking each other out and and then I, it, w- it would have been close to an hour or so before we actually got that that race restarted and we finally figured out where things sat um, for the most boring finish of all time oh, behind just the crazy um, and I think one of the best bits are I think out of all of this was obviously Oscar Piastri getting his first points. That was cool. At the expense of the two Alpines taking each other out on the on that race restart, which was just the ultimate irony. Like it couldn't have been couldn't have been any better. Um, I saw some social media of Oscar's dad who was in the grandstand somewhere near the last turn. Now he wasn't in a corporate box. He was just I think uh, it was turn two. Or was it turn just two? Just turn two. Yeah. Right. And uh, yes, he had a bottle of champagne. Now, how he smuggled a bottle of, oh. a bottle of champagne uh, out into the crowd, just into the general general public area, but maybe with the surname Piastri, he got away with Might a Might have been some rose water. There you go. But, yeah, spraying champagne on the cool-down lap or on the last lap or, that was cool. or whatever it was is a nice little celebration for yeah. not only his first Australian Grand Prix to see his son do his mm. first local Grand Prix, but to score points as well was... That was a pretty cool moment, and um, yeah, maybe some of that. Uh, if there was bad taste in anyone's mouth about Piastri and the way that the McLaren deal came about and edging out Ricardo, Daniel Ricardo, fan favourite for that seat, maybe maybe that champagne has just uh, sweetened everyone up a bit. Yeah, one thing I, I do want to ask you, and I think I, I kind of saw it on TV, was it did actually look like there was a lot of sort of Piastri mania. Like, it wasn't to the level of, you know, Ricardo in the height of things where people were, like, you know, sort of, I think you could actually audibly hear them yeah. clapping as he was going out for practice. But, you know, you were there. What, what was the atmosphere like around Piastri? I thought I thought it was pretty good. I probably thought it was a little bit more positive than what it might have been. There was still lots of Danny Ricciardo uh, mm. loving out there as well. Oh, well, the, the broadcast every time he came on the telly, the crowd went absolutely yeah. wild, yes, didn't they? Yes, of course. Uh, and, yeah, so the sentiment was good. Lots of orange hats. Yeah. And now orange hats and orange T-shirts. And I, I did look at it for a little while and I thought, geez, there is actually a lot of orange here. But most of them were still wearing Ricardo yeah. shirts from last year as well. To be fair, how much does a, a current shirt cost, right? Uh, I didn't even look at the shirts. I looked at the hats. 
100 you could buy the most expensive hat was $120 it was you, a Mercedes hat you 120 could, bucks you could buy like 24 parked up plus t-shirts for that much <laughs> I, I don't yeah no no they're worth a little bit more than that Couple, more, more than $5 <laughs> um, well, they, like they, they'll cost more. They're not worth oh, okay. more. Sorry, sorry. Um, okay, hey, we're actually uh, as we're crossing the mountain here, and you might hear the um, the, the road noises of Tanea crossing into the <laughs> middle of the road. Um, I I think we're going to get there pretty safe. We're ten minutes away, and it's just at this point where we get through the never-ending roadworks that is always <laughs> on. This road. It's always on this. Um, always here but uh, you're gonna we're gonna see some Mount Panorama signs soon and I do want to uh, capture this moment in the audio form <laughs> no. describe it describe the feeling well the sunset looks amazing well, it's a hell of a it's a shame that the sun is setting like quite far to the right of the mountain unfortunately so we the mountain we can see the mountain but oh, there it, does, it is it doesn't, there act, is. doesn't actually tingles, look that great what Mount, tingles you boys got going on back there yeah it's that that Mount Panorama sign is uh quite depressing from it's, this angle. It's something that... It needs to be I, further east. It's something that I've... Uh, like, I grew up with looking at looking at videos in particular, reading books, and 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 this was this is the church. Mm. This is the... This, was this the is our Monza. Th- there you go. Yeah, this it's, is, our, it's our Temple of Speed. This is the place that, that magic happens. And all of the awesome Australian motorsport moments... Yeah have come from this place. 100%. Now, like there are, there were some special moments at Queensland Raceway as well, you know. Poor Radisson. The rat getting out of his car in the filthy rain and <laughs> Yobbo that, in the back. That really does sum up Queensland Raceway in many ways, doesn't it? <laughs> right. Uh, and and that's, the, that's the thing, like Bathurst has been built on those Yobbos <laughs> in their flannelettes, um, you know, being crazy. But, um, yeah, this place creates all the moments and uh, you know, even from this distance, seeing that uh, sign just conjures up so much, um, particularly from my childhood, mm. where that this was the place that you looked at and thought, yeah, this uh, this is where I want to spend many of my days. I don't even get to race around the thing, and I still get excited about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I don't know if people can tell from my accent, but I'm, I'm obviously Kiwi. Yes. Um, from New Zealand. I can't tell. And um, even for a lot of New Zealanders, it's still it's still like that. Know, it's Radiator Springs, you know. It's the it's the place you want to go. Like it is just, it is the happening place for motorsport in Australia. You, you know, it used it used to be once a year, obviously that we so yeah the Bathurst One Thousand, that was it. But it has obviously developed with some awesome events with the you know the twelve hour and obviously the six hour this weekend. But you know, it's it's a special place for for Kiwis as well. Obviously, um, most importantly for Greg Murphy, really. I guess he's probably been the guy who really probably means the most I guess to this venue you know, we obviously had like Jim Richards and, and stuff make a make a name for themselves in the mountain but I, I still think like that lap of the gods is just like all time yeah that's it it's incredible that we always talk about the lap of the gods it was a Saturday top 10 shootout yeah and I know it's an important session and it's a and it's you know the session that uh it's it's where the the, the big boys big boys go to piss really that's that's so that's what uh that's what that session's all about um Greg went on to win the race the next yeah. day, but we talk about what happened on Saturday more than we talk about uh, the, that uh, that race win. So it was such a good lap, eh? Like everyone, everyone talks about like, oh, you know, obviously it's that lap record's been beaten, you know, a few times since then. But I think it was just the, it was the pure margin, and just, you know, 
each sector just putting more and mm. more and more time on it as it went by and it was like a, it was a second by by the time he'd done it it was a bit like it and center at monaco when he put a second on the field i think it was on his teammate in 1988 yeah. on prost yeah just unheard of yeah. at, for that period of time you know, it was just unheard of um, okay, cool. Well, uh, exciting times as we uh, roll through here and we see the uh, big man doing his uh, gold panning out to our uh, right as we, uh, as the gold panner there he is. Just still digging away. Have you, um, have you ever, have you ever been on Wikipedia and, and had a look at the, the big things list? Uh, like, you're talking like big bananas and yes. those types of things, yeah. I, I had the privilege of um, on a recent trip to Canberra to see uh, the big Merino. Oh yes, down at Goulburn. Bro, it's it's awesome. But I didn't realise, I didn't realise, so that was, I was like, wow, okay, this is cool, big Merino, obviously heard about the big banana and stuff. And I was Have like, you seen the big prawn in balance? I haven't seen the big prawn, the but big it cool. piqued my interest because I was like, there's got to be more of these, right? And went on, went on the internet. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The amount of big things you guys have, and they're all like dissected by state, is incredible. And then you have a look at the big things New Zealand <laughs> list, uh, right. and it's like everything's about like maybe half or a third of the sizes. <laughs> so, so, do you get excited about? Did you get excited about the big merino because you're a kiwi and because it was just like this <laughs> giant sheep-looking thing? Uh, <laughs> a little bit, right? <laughs> is that okay, no, mm. no, it's just uh, stereotyping, uh, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, okay, cool. Uh, right, so we've talked about some Formula One at Albert Park, but there was all that, also some uh, some support category action oh, from the uh, Repco Supercar Where would we like to start? Jeez, uh, what uh, we had cars catching on fire. We had mixed tyre races and and wet weather confusing all of that. Should we start with the good? Oh no, no. There's I think all of what I've just said. Oh, okay. And sorry, I had even sorry. more stuff. Okay, let's and, go. I thought all of that was good. Um, Depends on which side of the fence you're really sitting oh, on. Oh, of course. Look, we love supercars, right? We, uh, we we want to see supercars be the best it can possibly be. But being at the on the ground at the time, it had never ever felt more like a support category ever in its life. Yeah, it was uh, it was quite unbelievable to to see how it was all panning out and like all of the journos on the ground were all including parked up plus of course that's every monday with mark fogarty um reporting that you know it could be the last time that supercars will have its own pit lane at that event if they do uh re-sign from the couch of the chapman in sydney supercars for you at times it was really hard to watch it was you know, there was, I think the, some of those qualifying sessions might have been longer than some of the races. It was, that first race was tough because it obviously didn't go the full distance. Um, but we got a glimpse of what supercars could be. You know, we, we, saw, we saw in Newcastle, obviously everyone was like, oh my God, this is horrendous. You know, there's no overtaking, nowhere near as much. It's just Gen 2.5, whatever. But then, you know, I think, Everyone who is within the industry was like, well, no, 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 just wait. Just wait until we get somewhere where there's some high-speed corners, you know, there's a lot of load and dirty air isn't going to be um, so much of a drama uh, where it would have been in the past. And those first few laps, they were nose to tail and side by side. And I was, I was sitting on the edge of my couch going, these guys are going to fence each other like at any moment. And they didn't for a little bit. Then they did, and then the race didn't go the full distance. So that was really disappointing. Um, but, you know, 
across all four of the races, there were periods there where I was going, all right, we're there. We're, we're, we're totally there. Uh, so that was really encouraging. I don't, I don't want to speak too soon because it is only one circuit and it's billiard table smooth and they had different tyre compounds between the, you know, the cars and all the rest of it. But it was very, very encouraging to see that. Mm. Oh, I enjoyed it, it. I thought it was, uh, I thought the racing, the potential for the future racing mm. that we might see when we do have more green flag running or at least more available track well, the, time. The races them. were only like 100k long, right? Like if, you, if you'd if you had a race that was actually longer than that, you know, but obviously this is never going to happen because you know, we're basically playing with you know, fourth cab off the rank sort of thing. Well, but, that's right. That uh, Every race was time certain. Yeah, basically. absolutely. Well, I think I think all of them except basically the last one was shortened to, to some extent. Um, but yeah, the, the good was good. The good yeah. was really good. So yeah. that was really encouraging. It did look like they could race really, really close. Oh, that... that that bit there, I think, where it was the it was the two Red Bulls and the two Erebus cars, where they were just absolutely locked together, was awesome. Yeah, like that. I, someone was someone was going on Twitter, being like, "This is pod racing," and I was like, "Hell yes, it is!" It yeah. was just awesome. It was like these blokes are going to fence each other at any moment now, but they all were very careful. You know, Will Brown obviously said, "You know, there's a bit of gamesmanship there," and that's what we want to see. You know, it was just yeah. it was just good racing. Yeah, good hard racing. Uh, it was uh, there were some incredible fights and yeah. yeah looking forward to seeing what the next uh, few tracks can bring us um, Barbagello yep. is yeah typically not a track where we've seen like incredible supercars racing Dive but... Bomb City though down at that big sweeper I think it's going to be Dive Bomb City like that's even even in the Gen 2 era you know, there were some big moves going on there I think with these cars it'll be even better you'll see Shane Van Gisbergen just absolutely having a send I reckon down into the Dust Bowl down there but yeah, like you say, Barbagello is a bit, bit of a tricky one. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how they go. Speaking of Barbagello, I just received a, a message from our good West Aussie friend, Andrew Van Loon, who has invited us all out to his place for oh, some huge. go-karting. So that it's a shame huge. that you don't do much supercars no, anymore. No, I, don't, I tell you what, I, when I left Speed Cafe, I, I was kind of like, ah, oh, it'll be all right, I'll still watch supercars. But seeing all the tear-ups on the weekend, I was like, man, I feel like I'm absolutely missing out right now. So I do, I do miss supercars covering it like like I used to the last couple of years. But it's <laughs> it is fascinating, sort of being on the fringe and on the outside looking in and seeing all the tear-ups, of which there were many on the weekend. Yeah, and there still will be some as they sort out through uh, some of the parody uh, things that they've got. And... I tell you what, if there's two individuals who are pretty happy with how the weekend went, it's probably Mark Scaife and Chamban Gisbergen. Yeah, um, considering all the chaos that unfolded at Newcastle I don't think there was a whisper out of Albert Park about that I think someone might have tried to ask a question in a press conference to Shane which is probably not the place to do it about that incident um, and obviously didn't get a didn't get an answer I think it might have been folks maybe maybe um, but yeah how how about the uh how about those cars going on fire? I think in terms of in <laughs> oh, terms man. of um, tear ups that supercars probably had on its list of things that might happen to Gen Three. I don't think cars literally exploding yeah. uh, was going to be on their shortlist. And so freakishly similar, um, and uh, yeah, eyebrows and questions immediately raised from it. But... You do it once, mm, okay, it's all right. You do it twice, oh, like just all hell broke loose. Yeah, it's you... just madness. Yeah. Yeah, so today has done an awesome job and guided us into Mount Panorama. We're, uh, we're going down Brilliant Street just past Charles Sturt University. We are now going underneath the, uh, the small Welcome Bridge 
and there's a much bigger bridge we're gonna see up here that's gonna have a big fat high-tech oils sign across there. Usually it's got a Repco sign across there. Our good friends at Repco uh, give up their signage just for um, a few weekends of the year and uh, and we uh, have some other, other car races go on. And um, yeah, this is a... Uh, yeah, an exciting little, uh, exciting little bit, and a exciting little end to our journey. Sure, Usually, we're cutting a lap. well, we're going to try and cut a lap. You um, told me that there is no security here. We're cutting a lap. Here we go. So that's not I've a Repco bridge. I've never driven a lap of the mountain before. That's, okay. a, that's a pedigree bridge. It is. Yeah, that, that the, the pedigree signage has been there for a long, long time. Now, I don't know if they still pay for that. I reckon pedigree just uh, get away with it. But here we are, we're on to the very, very famous pitch straight and the start of 6.213 kilometres of uh, brilliant racetrack. Great racetrack. And the sun is just setting here as we arrive on Wednesday afternoon at Bathurst ahead of another great weekend. Simon, the forecast is not brilliant. The weather uh, forecast is not brilliant. They're saying like yeah. 13 degrees on uh, Sunday, yeah. which typically means it'll feel like about three degrees, and there's likely to be a lot of stuff falling out of the sky. Yeah, and we've had some really good weather in Sydney lately, and I didn't bring a jacket. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. Can you talk me through security here, mate? Yeah, we'll talk you through security. Well, let's see how, uh, how good we can actually go here. Uh, we'll see if we can talk our way through security as we head up Mountain Straight. There's a few campers here. It looks pretty busy uh, in the paddock. And a lot of these guys uh, camping here would be competitors. They'd be competitors and, and, um, and members of, of, the fa of families who are competing. This is probably, I would say, the busiest camping that we've seen, certainly on a Wednesday. I'm impressed. Of, of, the, uh, of this Easter race. Where else would you want to be on Easter? Maybe at home, uh, not working. I, I know Rusty's in Wanaka this weekend. Um, but no, I'd much rather be at, at Bathurst. Um, when you get paid to write about race cars, I, I don't think there's any better job in the world. Okay. It's that's, cool. Yeah, that's good. I have sooked about it um, uh, recently, and I reckon if my 15-year-old self heard me whinging about working at race car tracks, he'd probably punch me in the face. Yeah. So... Now we're going to try and talk our way through here. Hey, mate, we're at media and we just need to go up to the top. I know who you are. Oh, thank you. But who, where are we trying to get to? We're, we're just going to go for a very quiet lap around the, the motor racing track. As we, I can't find you. as we typically do at this time of year. And you're right, I do see you all the time. We'll be, camp we'll be sensible. No, technically, I meant to say no. But you know that we're uh, trust trusting faces. We're going to do my one good deed of the day. I come looking for you. <laughs> well, that's all right. You won't have to come look for us. No, not, not the driver. Just, just... No, that's fine. <laughs> I'll take the responsibility. I like this deal. Thanks, brother. Thank you. All good. I hope his boss doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> Could you imagine? I hope everyone heard that. <laughs> I hope everyone on, in Podland heard that because obviously I'm a trusting you? face. Now, Tanea, I'm just going to ask you to wind up your window because... Um, I know you're going to try and ex exceed uh, many speed limits. I'm dropping the hammer. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> uh, What's the speed limit around 
60, I think. 60, 60 everywhere. 60 everywhere. Oh, a little bit of a pop Ooh. off from I the Cooper Towers. I reckon security man's just heard the Cooper Roadies <laughs> going, ah, oh, geez, why have I let these rascals up on the mountain? All right, so just for our listeners at home, we're going over the rise at the top of Mountain Strait dipping under the bridge that has zero um, sponsorships. So. I've, I've watched races and hot laps and all sorts of Bathurst, but nothing gives you any appreciation or sense of what the circuit is actually like until you get on it. Like, the elevation is ridiculous when you're coming up to turn two here. Like, it's no wonder they're breaking at, like, 50 metres because you've got so much gravity that just wants to stop you from going up the hill. I, I'm a bit embarrassed that we don't have a race car driver to really give us yeah. the, uh, the, the, prop, the, proper, uh, the proper talk around this track. But you're right about the elevation, and you don't know until you get here. And the first time that I really, really, really realised that it was a pretty steep thing was when I went for a run around here. Why would you do that? Well, I regretted it as soon as I started to do it. Because well, it's you basically, get up, it's up from the start, right? Yes, and it's uh, it doesn't get any better. The downhill would get, be great. You'd be sitting in purple sectors. So we're just coming through the cutting now. This year it is the worth cutting. Not worthless, worth. It's worth something. I'll tell you what, this Cupra is making all the right noises. Uh, coming up through the right-hander. Just about to go under the tree as we head up to the top of the mountain and Reed Park. Of course, uh, we've seen so many famous, uh, famous incidents around around this area. This track we've is terrifying. We've saw Kevin Bartlett flip cars. We've seen Dick Johnson have big shunts around here, uh, and just the unbelievable lack of vision. Yeah, literally, that's for what where I'm saying. you're going. You just uh, you imagine 161 laps of this joint with some bloke basically glued to your nose the whole time, and you, you can't see in front of you. He can't see in front of him. Yeah, like the, the amount of trust these blokes must have you're like literally anyone who races around this joint the amount, the amount of trust you have to have just knowing where you're going and hoping that no one is stacked it in front of you is is phenomenal because it's just blind it's just blind everywhere and it's not just because it's dark right now no. it's, it's, it's you physically can't see anything yeah I, I just don't imagine what those first few first hour of the 12 hour oh. would be when there would be no track lighting you're just right, basically relying on the uh, lights out the front of your car yeah. we're at the uh, we're at Brock Skyline this we're bloke on this bicycle in front of us is going to be going much faster than us I suspect in a moment I hope his brakes work that is for sure you know they do those little uh, yes. slalom or little um, what do they call it the skateboard mm. sit, sit down skateboard things uh, down through the S's. I, I imagine this is what it was like when they used to do bike racing around here. Oh, look at the turn on the bloke. Tip it in, tip, tip, tip it in. Through the dipper, the dipper. and uh, yeah, when pulling gears down through This here, bloke is pulling away from us. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually gapped us. Yeah, he's gapped us. I he's, really he's hope purples. I hope there's no one coming up the other side of the road because he was using a fair bit of the he road. Was. All right, how's uh, the exit? Rate the exit. Well, let's let's. I will rate the exit ten out of ten if we don't end up in the fence. We're at Mostert's Folly now. Uh, so through the elbow, which is supported by BMW for this event, the M, the M elbow, BMW elbow, whatever they're going to call it. The Melbourne. Uh, and heading on to Conrod Strait. Right as we speak, it is a full moon, and uh, you know what that, that means. That means. We should definitely not have any Bundaberg rum tonight. <laughs> that is one thing I know 
what not to do. Cool. There'll be a bit of looseness on this mountain, I reckon, over this weekend. <clears throat> so down Conrod Strait, and we're going to end this pod very, very shortly. We thank you for joining us on our very <laughs> self-indulgent lap of Mount Panorama. Uh, but we are gearing up for the high-tech oils Bathurst six hour. It'll be supported by the Fanatec GT World Challenge Australia powered by AWS as we go underneath the Fanatec the Fanatec signage. And don't forget the the uh, the monorail. The monorail, of course. Since when did the monorail get here? I don't know. It just sits there though. <laughs> <laughs> it's just in some bloke's paddock. Just one monorail. Just another big big thing. Just right? another big thing. Add it to the list. Seriously, have a look at that list when we get back. So tipping into the chase, we can see our accommodation. The three of us are all going to be staying in the ridges this weekend, living the best of the Mount Panorama lifestyles. And uh, so four days of action, three days of on-track action, two days of stand sport action. Simon, tell everyone what they can do because even if you don't have stand sport right now, you can watch it for free you just yep. sign up to a seven day trial right yep, absolutely you can get the seven day trial or alternatively you just want to taste you just want a taste of what it's like nine gym or nine go from 2 p.m uh australian eastern daylight time uh or just get the trial or just um get the subscription and enjoy all the fruits stan sport has to offer we got indycar world endurance championship wrc Lots of like motocross as well, you know. A lot okay. Of, uh, okay, okay, okay. It looks we like Stan, but they don't pay us enough, all right? So no, they pay that, me. All oh, right, okay, cool. No, we, we love our friends at Stan. Uh, okay, cool. So uh, that is our uh, Bathurst road trip done. We're uh, we're ready for another weekend of motorsport. Of course, as Simon said, you can catch it all on Stan, and I'll give you a free tip: stan.com.au/forward/slash/motorsport. That's where you'll be able to sign up. Uh, and at the very least, just get your seven-day free trial. And uh, if the weather's going to be filthy across Australia uh, for this weekend, then you'll be able to sit down and enjoy uh, some of the best grassroots-style motorsport that uh, that Australia has to offer. It's the Bathurst Six Hour. This is parked up. Tanaya, thanks for making us arrive like safely, all four wheels on the car. Thank, Thank you. Thanks to Cupra for... Um Oh, it's more Europe car, isn't it? <laughs> for yeah. giving us the higher car we paid for. Yeah. I really enjoyed Cooper Mode. Cooper, if you'd like to sponsor this podcast, um, what's your email address? <laughs> uh, no, no. I'd, uh, yeah, I could give my email address. Actually, I don't need to give the email address out. Give, give just us, get, just us, get in touch. Just slide into my DMs. All right, we've arrived. Thank you. This is Parked Up, and uh, you'll hear from all of us next week. You've just listened to another Network R production. 